Good morning, everybody. So we're going to go ahead and uh, get started with our worship service this morning. Glad to see you all out this morning. So let's have a prayer, and then we'll get started into our worship. Father, we thank you for today. Uh, God, we are, um, we're blessed just to be here. Father, we're blessed to be in your presence. We're blessed to be uh, with each other. Uh, Father, I just pray that as we, um, as we enter into this time of worship, uh, God, that you will, uh, you'll bless our time together. Father, you'll bless our hearts. Father, we thank you for uh, everything that you do for us. Uh, Father, for just so many things, um, for the ability to, uh, to be here, the ability to wake up this morning, uh, to see the beautiful sunshine. Father, to see the way that you're changing the seasons. Uh, God, we are just so blessed. And we know that you are um, that you're in control of all things, Father. And we just pray that you would um, that you would just help us to see you more clearly every day, uh, Father. We pray that you would help us to uh, walk closer to you every day and um, just stay in step with your Spirit, uh, Father. Just pray that you would be with those um, who are not able to be here this morning, Father, for whatever reason, Father. Just be with them. Just pray that you would um, provide healing if it's your will, uh, God. Pray that you would. Um, give safety if they're traveling, uh, Father, and um, if they're just um, having struggles, Father, just pray that you would be with their hearts. Uh, Father, strengthen, uh, give them faith. Uh, Father, give them the ability to um, and the, the desire to draw close to you. Uh, Father, just um, pray for all those who are on the sick list. Uh, Father, the uh, many things that are going on there, um, that you would just uh, bless uh, all those situations, Father, just have your hand there. Uh, Father, please uh, be with our church. Help us to uh, draw close to you, draw close to each other. Help us to move forward in you. Uh, Father, just thank you for um, our leadership. Thank you for um, the blessings that you give to them and pray that we would be um, supportive of them. Uh, Father, thank you for Jamie. Thank you for his uh, willingness to serve and to um, to just uh, be in relationship with you, Father, so he can bring your word to us. And I pray for him this morning that you would uh, give him boldness, give him the words to speak, uh, Father, that we can be blessed by you. And just pray that you would be with all the men who will serve this morning. Uh, bless their hearts. Uh, give them uh, just the, the things that you want them to say. Uh, Father, um, help us to, to draw near to you in this worship service. Again, thank you for today. In Christ's name, amen. Praise God from whom all blessings flow. Praise Him, all creatures here below. Praise Him above ye heavenly hosts. Praise Father, Son, and Holy Ghost. Step down into darkness, open my eyes, let me see, beauty that made this heart adore you, hope of a life spent with you, so here I am to worship, here I am to bow down, here I Altogether lovely, altogether worthy. 
Mountain. 
scripture reading is from Luke chapter 9 verses 57 through 62. As they were walking along the road, a man said to him, I will follow you wherever you go. Jesus replied, foxes have dens and birds have nests, but the son of man has no place to lay his head. He said to another man, follow me. But he replied, Lord, first let me go and bury my father. Jesus said to him, Let the dead bury their own dead, but you go and proclaim the kingdom of God. Still another said, I will follow you, Lord, but first let me go back and say goodbye to my family. Jesus replied, No one who puts a hand to the plow and looks back is fit for the service in the kingdom of God. Three point six percent last night. I know it's supposed to be a prayer, but I got to say my verse. Three point six percent was a chance that Michigan State was going to beat Ohio State last night. I seen that on the thing before the game started. Three point six percent. Why would they play that game? I mean, anybody thought they were actually going to win it? I guess they say it. You play the game because you never know, right? That's what. There was always that chance. We know a hundred percent chance that once we die and we're baptized, we're going to go to heaven. We're going to be there. God already fought that battle for us. Jesus won the battle. But yet we're people out there rolling that dice every single day, going, getting up in the morning, going out there. You don't know when it's your last day, car hits you, lightning strike you, tree falls on you, who knows, heart attack. And as, maybe I'm, as I get older, I look back at these things and see how many close chances I had that something could happen, this would happen, I would have not been here. And was I ready then? Am I ready now? You know, I think too many people roll the dice every day and doesn't realize that the chance they're taking for eternity, what they're going to miss out on. You bow with me. Dearly Father, we thank you for, Lord, everything you give us. You're so wonderful. You bless us so much. We are not worthy of it, and we know it. We thank you for your son that died, so we have a chance to be at heaven with you, Lord. And I pray for the ones that don't know you yet, that don't have not proclaimed your son and not been baptized in his name, Lord. Thank you for protecting the marriages here. Thank you for protecting the, our kids and our grandkids and all the ones we love, Lord. I know you spend a lot of time worrying about us, and, and we don't deserve it, but we thank you for it anyway. <clears throat> Lord, be with Jamie as he gives this lesson. May it touch our hearts, Lord. 
and be with the elders and deacons that work so hard to keep your church together, Lord. Bless us always and take care of us. You have a name we pray. Amen. This song was a special request. I won't say by who because it'll embarrass her. But so sing out. It's a good song. Holy, holy, holy.
If we were going to put the building on a scale, you guys would be tipping the scale this way. I'm going to sing with you guys over here. So you guys are going to be side one, so I'm going to start you off. And I just mean because there's more people over here. Not that you guys are the better singers. Let's just, you know, don't get it twisted. That's not what I'm saying. All right. So I'm going to start you guys off, and then we'll start over here. Father, I adore you. Oh. 
Sunday, part of Jamie's sermon, he was bragging about his golf skills and how he likes to golf alone. And I know one of Jamie's deepest, darkest secrets he's never shared. I'm going to share it with you because it's time to come clean, Jamie. A few years ago, he got in a free gift certificate for a VIP round of golf at Mirfield Golf, you know, up in Columbus, the fanciest one. And he woke up real early one Sunday and uh, it's a perfect morning. Birds are singing, temperature's great, the family's out of town. He's got it to himself. So he makes a, a decision at that moment. Calls up Sean. Sean picks up the phone <clears throat> and Jamie answers, <laughs> I got the black lung, Sean. I, I can't preach today. <sighs> All right. Sean goes, I got you covered. You know, we'll, we'll do something. So Jamie's like, Yeah, I called off sick work today. So he goes, grabs his clubs, throws it in the back of his uh, you know, truck there, and gets in it. Kristen filled up his, his truck with gas. I mean, full tank of gas. First thing, he didn't have the pump. I mean, it's like going good. I'm sorry, Jamie. I mean, it's just, I got to tell you. So he starts driving 23 North, not one stoplight. Goes through Waverly, you know, um, West Bloomfield, wherever all those things. Not one stoplight. Gets to 270, no traffic, gets there. On his way, Mirfield, I mean, perfect. He's getting away with the perfect crime. Gets off on the exit, passes by a Chick-fil-A, and the sign, open Sunday. What the heck? He sees two cars in the drive-thru. He turns over, gets through there. Well, it turns out this Chick-fil-A had gotten a, a, a extra shipment of food, and if they didn't... Um, get rid of it, it was going to spoil. So corporate gave them permission to open up on Sunday to give away the food till it was gone they closed. So not only is it open on Sunday, he gets two free biscuits, two free hash browns, a large lemonade, and a hot cup of coffee. I mean, life is good. Chick-fil-A on a Sunday. 
drives on a mere field, parks. Well, the certificate gives him VIP parking, so he parks right, right there. Gets out, walks in, has this little like Willy Wonka golden ticket type thing there and gives it to the guy. Goes, oh yeah, great. He goes, it's great, today's kind of slow. In fact, uh, this gets you a free golf cart. You're gonna get the newest golf cart we got. It's only been used once, yesterday. Cool, so you know. Jamie's too cheap to normally get a golf cart for himself, so this is thing. So they, the guy walks out, loads him up, and uh, Jamie looks down, and there's like a, a box of uh, golf balls there. He's like, "Oh, someone left these." I go, he goes, "You know what? Turns out it was Tiger Woods yesterday that used this cart. He must have left them. Just keep them." Chick Fil A on a Sunday, no traffic. Tiger Woods golf balls, brand new golf cart. So he goes out to the hole one. Puts down that, you know, special Tiger Woods ball. Puts down, whack. Jamie's not sure, but as you look, it looks like he got a hole in one. He, no, no way, not Jamie. Hole in one. He drives out there. There's the ball in the cup. I mean, Jamie, and he starts jumping up and down for joy. Turns around to get, no one's there. Okay, whatever. So he goes up to the second hole. Same thing, takes that ball, put, psst, hole in one. I mean, Jamie's like, I might buy a lottery ticket on the way home because no one hits two holes in a row. And this goes on for the rest of the morning. Only one other person allegedly in the history of mankind has ever hit 18 holes in one. One is Kim Jong-yong of North Korea, and the second is Jamie. Well, about this time, there are a couple of angels up in heaven a little hacked off. You know, they're sitting there, you know, God. And, God doesn't, you know, a lot of people don't realize that God has a little bit of a sense of humor, and he's just sitting there with a smirk on his face, and, you know, one of the angels turned to God and go, you know, what the heck, Chick-fil-A, Sunday morning, you know, uh, no traffic, Tiger Wood golf balls, you know, why, why does he get this, and God just looks over at him and smiles, he goes, so who is he going to tell? He called off work sick for Sunday morning, so... Jacob, uh, normally he would do that, but, but he forgot this time. <laughs> normally people aren't used to a joke on communion, and it is a very somber event. However, we forget the joy that this moment brings. We cannot fathom, and we will not fathom, until the day we die. Every day we wake up above ground, we can only think of the earthly comparisons. And, you know, the only thing is, you know, Chick-fil-A on Sunday, no traffic, full tank of gas, 18 holes in one. Joy, pure joy. And we get that not only on Sunday mornings. We get that every day we wake up. And we can shout it from the mountaintops and share that with everybody. And remember that, you know, it is a sacrifice. Again, we cannot comprehend and it is a result that we cannot apprehend of eternal life. Let's pray. Heavenly Father, Lord, we give thanks um, for the severity and the joy of this same event. Lord, as we have been baptized and as we live our life, Lord, let us remember what joy this moment brings and how we can share it with others and, and hopefully bring them into this joy. This is our prayer, Lord. Amen.
Let's bow again. Heavenly Father, as we take part in the the drink of the communion, Lord, uh, Lord, we 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 give thanks. We we try to comprehend. We try to um, understand, and we can't. But Lord, we give thanks for um, the little ability we do have. And Lord, we give thanks for no matter how bad we mess up, we are promised a life in heaven with you. In Jesus' name, amen. Um, we're going to sing this song in just a, a moment. I'm going to read a quick little passage here. Um, but after this song, we'll have um, just a few minutes just to kind of say hey to everybody, if you're comfortable with doing that. Um, and then um, so we'll take our, our normal little fellowship time. Then we'll bring everybody back together with a song. Um, at, with that song, after the fellowship time, we'll also dismiss the kids of their classes. Gabe's class is going to stay out. Um, so I'm going to read you uh, from Psalm 145, and this is a good, uh, a good psalm um, of David. It's hard to find a spot to stop with this, but it um, kind of goes along with this psalm. It says, I will exalt you, my God, the King. 
I will praise your name forever and ever. Every day I will praise you and extol your name forever and ever. Great is the Lord and most worthy of praise. His greatness no one can fathom. One generation commends your works to another. They tell of your mighty acts. I'm going to stop there because, like I said, you could read the whole thing and it's all good, so I would encourage you to read it on your own. But if you'd all stand with me, and like I said, after this song, we'll have our uh, time of fellowship, and then I'll bring everybody back together with a song and dismiss the kids to their Bible time. Worthy Lord, my Lord is worthy, worthy now of praise. Worthy Lord, my Lord is worthy, worthy now of praise. And Holy Lord, my Lord is holy, holy now and just. Holy Lord, my Lord is holy, holy now and just. And faithful Lord, my Lord is faithful, faithful now to save.
sunshine. Well, Derek, what a way to make us laugh. Thank you. That's good to laugh. I mean, just a, even a hoe in one is good. Skipping church on a Sunday, how good is that? I mean, and Chick-fil-A. Lexi meets me on the side going, Chick-fil-A on Sunday. And that's a good day right there. But thanks for making us laugh, man. We need to laugh a whole lot more. We need to laugh right here together uh, in family. Let's pray. And we'll keep going through the service. Lord, it's really, really good to be together in you today. <clears throat> it is so good to be with family and friends and loved ones. Father, people that we love, people that you're building a deep, uh, real relationship with. Um, those of us searching for you, longing for you, wanting to know you better. Father, convicted and conflicted and all those things that we deal with in our hearts every minute of every day. But God, you brought us together here, uh, shoulder to shoulders, and uh, just singing songs to you that are true and remind us of your incredible, steadfast love that is new every day, chases us down everywhere. And so thank you for that, God. Thank you for Zach and his heart to lead us, and thank you for tuning his lips and our lips to sing your praise. And thank you for scripture readings and prayers, and thank you for Derek, God, and the gift he has for laughter. And, uh, and what a funny joke, me and a whole in one. But thanks that we can be together in you today. I pray, God, that we don't leave here the same. I pray, Father, that your spirit chases every one of us. I pray that it messes with every one of us. I pray that you remind us of all the hope and all the life, all the peace, all the excitement, all the thrill. And, Father, that you've included us in the greatest adventure ever known to mankind. And that's the, the adventure of life and love, chasing souls together in you, serving, loving, living. And help us to be those who live it out well. In your son's name we pray. Amen. So we've been wrestling through, as you know, the last, um, you know, several weeks um, under, under, over the, under the series or in the series, Patterns. And, and we've delved into the, the place in Scripture, Romans 12, 1 and 2, where Paul says, do not be conformed to the pattern of this world, 
but be transformed by the renewing of your mind. And, and he calls from the, the, the previous chapter and calls from all the things he's been talking about in Romans, all that God has done for us, all the ways. I mean, he's said things like, you know, how, how, how do you not just kind of get your mind around the, the, the hope and the dream that there's no condemnation for those who are in Christ Jesus, for the law of the spirit of life has set us free from the law of sin and death. And so, so many of us still have that fear and that haunting, that ghost, that specter inside of us saying, oh, no, 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 you sin, you got to die. And, and Paul's like, no, no, no. And he, and he reminds us of that all the way through Romans up to where we are today. And then he says, therefore, in view of God's mercy... In view of God's mercy for you, you've been bathed in mercy. Offer your bodies as living sacrifices, holy and pleasing to God. This is your spiritual act of worship. Don't conform any longer to the patterns of this world. Be transformed by renewing. And so we've chased several patterns this, this last, in this series. Let's, let's talk about the one we're going to look at today for a moment. The one we want to look at today is precedence. And precedence is the condition of being considered more important than someone or something else. It has priority and importance, order or rank. And we understand that, right? This takes precedence over that. This is a really big deal. And so, so the, the call today is precedence. We're going to look a little bit into the pattern of precedence and what we kind of wrestle with. But, but first, let's look back just a moment. Because we're going to, in order to set precedence, oh, this precedence, we're going to have to look at a few things. So, so over the last several weeks, we looked at noise, the noise in our heads, the flaw, that we're all flawed, that we get stuck. We looked at the words we say, the, that we're, they're so often so angry, or the world's so angry. I don't mean to just kind of blanket statement us. Some of us are really, really good at this, uh, you know, not being in these places. We looked at hurried, and we looked at worth last week. And so, and we talked about, and so just this thought, just hang on to this. And in each sermon, we talked about how scripture tells us in Romans 12, do not conform any longer to the pattern of this world, but be transformed by the renewing, right? So we looked at the, we looked at the pattern, then we talked about, right? In each pattern, we added the transformative plan for renewal. Feel me so far? We talked about the, the pattern we wrestle with. Then the transformative plan for renewal. And you see him here. Noise, we add silence. Or we move into silence. God moves us into silence. Flawed, he refines us. If you're stuck, he can unchain you. When your words are not as they should be and we wrestle with those places, he calls us to taste and see. Feel your words. Understand what you're saying and how they affect people. Struggle in being angry. Allow Jesus to calm the storm in me. Remember these. Hurried, a couple of weeks ago, when you're so hurried in life, he calls us to be present, practice presence, join the resistance is one of the things I said, and, and be fully where your feet are. Don't be somewhere else all the time. And then last, last week we talked about worth and finding our value in him. And so in these places, you know, we, we wrestle with these, and it's a pattern, each one of these. And there's so many more. You know, we could come back in three months. We could take a poll. Hey, what, what are you wrestling with, the patterns that the world chases? And you could put, make a list, and we could preach on these easily. We could talk about these for all of next year because the, the patterns of the world are so alluring, and they, we battle with them. So... In this, you know, you see the call not to follow the pattern of the world, and, but, but instead, right, being transformed by the renewing 
that takes precedence. And that's what we're talking about today, right? That's the things we're talking about. But I think we need to talk about a different word first. I like the word precedence, and so I just led with it because, you know, sometimes it's just fun. But a word we need to talk about before we really talk about precedence and why we can't and why we wrestle with what takes precedence in our lives is the word exhausted. Because let's be honest, um, most of us are really exhausted. We're really tired. And though you might have gotten a good night's sleep, it doesn't mean that you're not mentally super fatigued. And though you might not be totally mentally fatigued, you might be totally physically fatigued. And if you're neither, you're probably spiritually fatigued, which actually causes both. And so when you don't think you're exhausted right now in a society that is overwhelmingly exhausted, the statistics are in, I can just tell you, whether you believe it or not, you're exhausted. You're worn out. You're beaten down. I mean, it is just a wave of life that just does not relent. There's so many things to do all the time. And to all those things to do, someone else comes along and wants to do more. And now you're thinking, wait a minute, Thanksgiving is coming? How are we going to do Thanksgiving? Wait, wait, Christmas? (laughs) How are we going to do Christmas? How are we going to do all of this when I already got all this going on? I'm just exhausted. It's hard to even imagine setting something in precedence above all these other things because I'm already such a mess. My life's so out of control. I, don't, I mean, there's nothing. The precedence is whatever I'm supposed to do, whoever says I'm supposed to do it, whatever I think I can't resist and all those things, that's just what I do. And I'm exhausted. Dog tired, fatigued, played out, spent, Washed out, worn out, worn out, tired, depleted of strength or energy. I mean, I hear this all the time. I mean, just imagine what you say when you talk about your life. How are you? Busy? How are you? Tired? How are you? I don't feel like I got good, a good night's sleep. Putting drops in your eyes to make them clear so you don't look so tired. Hitting energy drinks or caffeine, another cup of coffee, another something to cover. How exhausted I am. And we're exhausted as if it's a badge, like there's some kind of badge we get, like, hey, I'm more exhausted than you are. No, 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 I'm more exhausted than you. No, 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 he's more exhausted than all of us. He's like the most exhausted person that's ever lived on the planet. Well, congratulations, you're so exhausted. You get a badge. Remember a couple of weeks ago, we talked about hurry sickness and the hurried message. We talked about hurry sickness and the symptoms that come with hurry We talked about the human attention span is eight seconds, right? Like, wow, I thought it was so much more. No, no, no. And while you can make fun of a goldfish, it actually has an attention span of nine seconds. And if you're given to watch Ted Lasso, which most of you probably aren't, he reminds his soccer team to be a goldfish. He says he doesn't know. He's just in this little thing. Someone feeds it. Someone takes care of him. He swims around and comes right back. and goes, whoa, I've never seen that before. Swims around and comes back. Whoa, I've never seen that before. That's cool when a goldfish, and it's cool when you make a mistake. But it's not, in cool, it's not cool in life that your attention span is so depleted. It's, it's because one of the things that lead us to such exhaustion, the things that we're chasing, another, another hit, another fire, another excitement, another hope, another click, another thumb up, another whatever. They're doing what? I got to be there. 
that's happening next month. Let's make a plan. And it's always another something to do. Interesting about the human attention span. I need to tell you this because um, I know what you think when we say the human attention span is eight seconds. Eight seconds. Doesn't it make you feel kind of like, what? There's one place this human attention span is growing, like growing the process of still happening. So when it's like, you know, I hear, I feel pressure and we all feel pressure. Anybody that speaks and talks to somebody, keep this thing moving. Let's not let them lose focus. Eight seconds and you're done. It used to be two and a half minutes and we thought that was bad. And it was seven minutes before that. And we thought that was terrible. Now it's eight seconds, except in one, one realm. The realm is storytelling. In the, in, in the area of storytelling... When you, stand, when you stand in front of me or you sit beside me, we're driving down the road, and you tell me a story, a story that matters. The attention span is passing 20 minutes and up. While church services are getting less and all of our relationships are getting less and everything is like maximizing little and very, you know, make the most of this one second Storytelling, and especially spiritual storytelling, is like captivating people more and more. And right now, you're like, what? That's so interesting. I'm like, well, because I'm telling you a story. You didn't even know it, did you? Because it is so important to our souls, we understand life in story. God has been writing a story, and you fit in a story because he wrote you in the story. You didn't choose to be in this story. He wrote you in, and whenever he's writing the story and all is well, you're like, yeah, this is awesome, but when you start trying to live life your way in the story, you end up exhausted and with an eight-second attention span, just one second less than a goldfish, the old goldfish. So moving through this, okay, so we are mentally and physically exhausted. It's difficult to think of being transformed into anything when you're as burnt out and exhausted as we are as individuals and and as a society. I mean, how could you even think of changing anything? And that's where I see me and a lot, I mean, it's like, I need to work on this. Yes, let's work on this. Well, I just don't. (laughs) As soon as you think about it, something else happens. As soon as you think, I need to make an effort in this area, something else pops up. I watch this all the time, and I've talked to, you know, at, at youth rallies and, and on retreats. So we go out west in those places. Man, I love earbuds. I love headphones, whatever, because you can hear what you want to hear. But it's like we just hear a really great message, and we pop in our earbuds, our earphones, and go a million miles away instead of just staying in a moment, staying with him and just letting all of this happen for a bit. We just flash so quickly to the next and to the next and to the next. There's no time And while we think it's fresh, and while we think we're getting away, you're really exhausting yourself. Another bombardment, another something to deal with. And here are the ways we're exhausted. Here's an interesting word, brownout. You know, we call those things burnout and stuff like that. Here's the word brownout. I'd never heard this before until researching this. What is it? It's it's an innumerable, like innumerable tasks with so much to do. All the time, everywhere, just knowing there's stuff to do. I, how many clothes do I have in my closet? Stand just frozen. I don't know what to wear today. I've got nothing to wear. Yeah, because you have just too much. You're inundated. All the operations we have to do every day projects, another project, another project, to do lists at home, to do lists at work, busyness that lacks meaning 
Busyness that lacks purpose, busyness that lacks significance. We're just so busy in these things that we're exhausted. They say when you feel this brownout, that all direction evaporates, a sense of purpose fades, and tasks become futile, work becomes pointless. The last thing on so many people's minds going to bed And the first thing you think about when you wake up, I'm just so tired. You're already thinking before you go to bed, man, I'm not going to get enough sleep. I'm doing the same thing tomorrow. You get up in the morning, oh, man, I am exhausted. Why? I mean, do we cut everything out? Do we just scrap it all and start again? How would you do it? How do you quit your job? How do you quit your friends? How do you quit your church? How do you quit your hobbies? How do you quit the things you love? How do you quit your kids? How do you quit your husband, wife, family? <laughs> I mean, it's all a part of what makes this so tiring. And the precedence is just keep eking along. Do I mean, Really? How can, can precedence be nothing? How can precedence just be a blob oozing through life and whatever comes my way? I don't know. That's what a blob, I imagine, looks like when it's oozing through life. But how do you... How do you how, but that's the precedence. The precedence is, for lack of better words, just doing what's to be done. Living what's to be lived. Breathing was to be breathed and saying was to be said. And we find ourselves so incredibly exhausted by it. How do you live out a life of transformation when you see all the things we've talked about, the patterns of this world, and then what it looks like to be transformed? How do you go from the, the, the pattern to the transformation when you're so tired, you don't even want to even deal with it. It's just easier to stay in the pattern, right? I mean, watch water flow, man. Water cuts through the toughest rock. It just keeps flowing and doing its thing. Nothing stands against it. And we lack all strength to stand against this. And so I want to take another look at at precedence and what would be a call that can make all of this different. There is something out there. We know there's something out there that could change all of this. But the reality is the call of it is in our minds, difficult because, it, because it's going to add more. I mean, the call that I know, I hear echo in my heart and in my head and my ear means add more. Do more. Chase more. Only the problem is my life is so busy, I, don't, I can't imagine it. And so here's the call. Here's the precedence. First, the definition. One more time. The condition of, of being considered more important than someone or something else priority in importance order or rank precedence there's something else there's something more and here's the precedent for your life if you're a child of God or if you are considering being a child of God here's the precedence here's what stands first Jesus steps onto the scene of a world that is broken and lost enslaved just absolutely overwhelmed, overrun, confused, lost, broken, still carrying all their sin and struggle, exhausted in their own sense. 
And his offer to them is to follow me. Jesus' offer is, I want to add something else to your life. I want to add something else to your busy schedule, to your crazy life, your mixed up priorities, to everything else. I want to add something else. What's that, Jesus? Follow me. What do you mean, follow you? I've got all this stuff to do. How am I supposed to follow you? But people did. They dropped nets. They dropped whatever tools. They dropped whatever and followed him, right? But here's where our scripture reading, where we took our scripture reading from this morning. And this is where I want to settle for a few minutes here today. In Luke 52, Jesus, or the scripture says, As they were walking along the road, a man said to him, him, Jesus, I will follow you wherever you go. Man, haven't you said this before? Haven't you thought this before? I will follow you wherever you go. And Jesus said, foxes have dens, birds have nests, but the son of man has no place to lay his head. He said to another man, follow me. Jesus says to another man, follow me. But he replied, first let me go and bury my father. Fair enough. I think that's a right thing to do. But Jesus said, let the dead bury their own dead, but you go, but you go and proclaim the kingdom of God. And still another, I will follow you, Lord, but first let me go back and say goodbye to my family. That's fair. And Jesus said, no one who puts a hand to the plow and looks back is fit for service in the kingdom of God. And we think that is a hard teaching. I mean, it's like, wait a minute. So I got all this stuff I got to do. Now I'm supposed to just drop all this stuff and go follow you. And to which we would say, um, some things you should have dropped a long time ago. Let's be honest. <laughs> but what about the things that matter? What are the things that we've gotten to that are kind of important in life? What about all those kinds of things? There's a hard teaching here. It's a bit hyperbolic in case you're not familiar that Jesus is making a statement because who in the first place, I mean, we would say, of course, you would want to go back and bury your father. Of course, you would like to go and say goodbye. Of course, all of those things. And Jesus clearly making a statement, man, anyone who looks back, anybody who puts his hand to the plow and looks back is not fit for the kingdom. The story here, Jesus is, is wrestling in himself as well. He's already set his face for, toward Jerusalem and he's not going to look back. And he's making an interesting statement as he's going to Jerusalem. He knows what Jerusalem means. In case you don't know what it means, when it says he set his face toward Jerusalem, he set his face to the cross. The cross is going to be my death. He's going to die on the cross for all of us. Set his face toward, toward Jerusalem. All these things come crashing in. Let me, say, let me bury my father. Let me say goodbye to my family. And Jesus setting his face is not looking back. And, and, and it's as if he's telling himself, and, and he's telling them at the same time, man, you keep walking, you keep going, you keep doing, you keep being. But here's the reality of the story. This man, were these men ever fit to be in the kingdom in the first place? Right? I mean, before this guy says, um, I will follow you wherever you go, just let me go back and bury my father. I will follow you. Just let me say goodbye to my family. Anyone who puts hand to plow and looks back is not fit for the kingdom. Were they fit in the first place? No. No, we're not fit for the kingdom. He makes us worthy to be in the kingdom. And so the statement is kind of an overarching listen to me. Listen to me. 
No, you're not fit, but you're part of this thing. And it's very important that you press on. We look at this thing and say, oh, no, if I look, what if I look? And, and everybody's looked back. Paul's looked back. Peter's looked back. James and John have looked back. David's looked back. Everybody, everybody in the kingdom, everybody that you read about in the story other than Jesus looked back. Have you not? Have you not set your hand to the plow in the busyness and the exhaustion makes you just slow down just a bit and kind of catch yourself. But it reminds us, listen to me. Once you make these decisions, man, you roll, let's go. I have you. I have a plan and a dream for you. But he says, anyone who puts his hand to plow and looks back is not fit. So what could he really be saying if it's not a very condemning statement? And this is what I really think he's saying. This is what I'm very convinced he's saying. Anyone who puts his hand to the plow and looks back is not fit for the kingdom. Do you understand what I'm offering you? Do you get the value of this kingdom? That's what I really want to know. Of course it's right to go bury your dead. Of course it's right to go say goodbye. But are you just flippantly in and out, in and out, in and out? Do you understand the value? Do you understand what I'm offering you it's life to death or death to life kind of stuff it's hope eternally kind of it's not the stuff that we have in this world today that's here for a little bit and then it's gone it's not friendships that take a bump or two and then they're over this is eternal kind of stuff do you understand do you get what i'm offering you like i mean kind of i think well this is what he's offering Jesus, in talking about the value of the kingdom in Matthew 13, he says, The kingdom of heaven is like treasure in a field. When a man finds it, he hides it again. And then in his joy, goes and sells all he has, his golf clubs, his car, his house, his property. He sells everything. And he goes and buys the field. That's how valuable the treasure is. Okay, it's like a merchant who's looking for fine pearls. When he finds the one of great value, he sells everything. And goes and buys the pearl. That's the kingdom. That's what Jesus is saying. This thing I'm offering you, this putting your hand to the plow and looking back. Do you get it? I mean, what the world is offering you is ex exhaustion and chase. And, 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 and it wants to take your life from you. Everything you do... In the, along the, the, the patterns of this world, along those lines, takes from you, pulls from you. And everything of the kingdom offers life and hope to you. Everything. That's what you find in here today. We have, some, we have Fellowship 5 and we laugh a little bit. Derek tells, talks to us about communion. We laugh a little bit. We sing some songs of faith and we're encouraged. And we're, we're reminded there's hope in this thing. No matter what hits me today, now and eternally, I'm good. Now and eternally, life is, I'm, I'm, in him, this thing is set. Do you understand the value? And so we would say, okay, play that out for me a little bit. And he calls us. In order to do this, you would seek first the kingdom of God. The, the wrestle for us is how do we go about this thing? When he says, follow me, what would it look like? And he says, you've got to put me first. And so then we would say, how can following Jesus in this kingdom make a difference? Now, this is what I'm interested in. 
If, if he offers us something and he says, follow me, how does it make an everyday difference in my life? How does it, okay, cause me to seek him first, but how does this play out? And listen to what he says here. In Matthew 11, for the exhausted and the struggler, the confused and the lost, the broken, those who just can't seem to catch up, those whose life seem to spin out of control, those who just go to work every day and you're tired. Um, Maybe life's really good for you. Well, around you, there are a lot that aren't. And Jesus would remind you to, to tell this to them as well. So in Matthew 11, he says this, Come to me, all you who are weary and burdened, and I will give you rest, rest, for those who are weary and burdened, those exhausted. Take my yoke upon you and learn from me, from, for I am gentle and humble in heart. You'll find rest for your souls, that thing that's exhausted in you. For my yoke is easy. It's not like the world's yoke. My burden is light. It's not like those around you, right? My yoke is easy. My burden is light. Again, he says, and this is a, this is a prophecy from Isaiah, and it's quoted here in Matthew, about Jesus. He will not quarrel or cry out. No one will hear his voice in the streets. And for those of you who have enough yelling in your world, enough noise, enough banter, enough arguing, and just fussing in general. This is Jesus. He won't quarrel or cry out. No one will hear his voice in the streets. A bruised reed he will not break, and a smoldering wick he will not snuff out till he has brought justice through, the, through to victory. And in his name, the nations will put their hope. And so, so the, 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 the answer or the battle for this, when we're talking about the you know, those things that take precedence in our life, as we wrestle with the patterns of this world, Jesus reminds us, you know, let following me be, take precedence. You know, let it be the thing that you chase after. Let it be the thing that's first in you because of how, man, I offer hope and I offer life and nothing else is like that. And we know that, Right? We know the thief comes to steal, kill, and destroy, but he came to give life. We know these truths, but how do we put this? Here's the question. Here's what we really want to know. How do you put this into play? Here's what I know. If I talked with us a little bit about, you know, how are you today? What's going on with you today? What's the pattern you would wrestle through? You, you would say, man, I'm just really tired. <laughs> I'm really exhausted. Yeah, really? So what's taking precedence in your life? What's the first place? Well, I'm just busy. My schedule's nuts. My kids have so much stuff going on. They got school. They got practice. They got friends. They got parties. My husband is, you know, busy with work, and then I help him with that too. And then I have work, and I have the things I have to do, and dishes, and he's got to mow lawn, and then you got to plow the garden, and we got to do. That. I mean, there's just stuff all the time. Well, what would you do about it? And we would say, well, following Jesus would fix that. If I could only drop it all and follow him, if I could only chase him down somehow and fit him in my schedule. And then he would say, it doesn't work like that. He'd say, following me takes precedence over everything. He'd say, I know that. I know that's true. Tell me something I don't know. How's that ever going to happen? And this is how I would tell you it's going to happen. Jesus doesn't want to fit in your life. He doesn't want to fit in your schedule. 
He doesn't want to be another something you do any more than your spouse wants to be another something you do, or your kids want to be another something you do, or your friends or anything else. Just, oh, I'll just, if I can get, I mean, we've got to fit that in one day. We've got to figure that out, right? Jesus is not interested in that. He said, I know, that's why I'm not doing this well. And I'll say, no, 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 that's not what I mean. What I mean is that Jesus is interested in you following him being the everyday you. A lot of words lead up to this point, from precedence to exhausted, back to precedence, back to the scripture we've read, and now this. Jesus, all the things we've said before are so important, but here's what this boils down to. Jesus wants you to follow him in being the everyday you. He made you to be you. I I know that. No, you don't. (laughs) No, you don't. He made you to be you. And his intent was to live in you so that you would follow him from what you are, the you that is you. I give me up and I give myself over to you. And that's confusing. What would that look like? I want to say it looks like exactly what you're doing already. It looks like exactly what you're doing already. But instead of you doing these things, you move your heart. You have a shift. It's just the slightest shift. And instead of getting up tomorrow morning and saying, or going to bed tonight and going, you remember, he made this incredibly good world. And he made this incredibly awesome life. And he gave you your incredibly wonderful friends and your great job. He gave you your family, your spouse, your hobbies, your activities, all those things he gave you. But when, the, when precedence, when, when those things take precedence instead of him, they all get so out of sort, man. They start running themselves. They, start, they become this beast in themselves, and there's no way out of trying to figure out how to, how do I make my head slow down? How do I enjoy something when I can't stay in the moment for something else? And how do I enjoy this whenever there's three other things I've got to figure out? And Jesus says, bro, chill. I I made you, and I gifted you with all of this. The problem is you're not following me in. It's like we say to a husband and wife in marriage, right? We would say, well, this this needs to be founded on Jesus. And we say, yes, it does. But that's not enough. You say, how could it be more than founded on Jesus? Like Jesus is the foundation, right? Yeah, yeah, but that's not enough. What do you mean it's not enough? Well, while he's the foundation, he's also the center. <laughs> Wait, what? And, and so while he's the foundation, he's the center. He is what everything is surrounded around. And then he, he also is the roof. He's everything. And in this everyday, be, being everyday you, what you're saying is I give myself fully to Jesus. And I will trust him to be everything in me today. So when I go to work, it's Jesus. When I wake up, it's Jesus. When I see my spouse and kids, it's Jesus. When I drink my coffee, it's Jesus. When I eat my oatmeal, it's Jesus. When I go to work, drive down the road, it's Jesus. And when I see people all around me, they're Jesus. And when I get to work, it's not these employees that drive me nuts or or my my coworkers that drive me nuts. It's actually Jesus and Jesus and Jesus and Jesus, not students. My students I go to class with, it's Jesus and Jesus and Jesus. When people make me crazy and when people things get out of hand, Now remember, this is only and always him. 
And so it looks like this really quickly. And you're serving, it's Jesus. You're serving Jesus, not people, right? And forgiving, you're forgiving Jesus. You're not forgiving someone else. Let's just be honest. He's made that very clear. When you're forgiving someone, you're doing exactly what I would do. And when you do for others, you're doing it to me. makes all of those things very clear. So we, we can't not serve because we're serving Jesus, right? So how do, how, do, how do I find energy in it instead of just sucking the life out of me? I serve Jesus. I forgive Jesus. I honor Jesus when honoring others. I show kindness to Jesus when I show kindness to others and to strangers and in family life and in work life and being the everyday you, Jesus comes through. The following Jesus, the real call in your life to super health instead of just exhaustion and confusion. If you want physical health, spiritual health, of course, emotional, mental health, of course, leading to spiritual health or physical health. I mean, all these things, if you want these things to flow better in you, Jesus has to be first in you, but not another burden. Instead, the, the center of you, the core of you, that's his call. But you know all this to be true. So if you're here today and you're struggling with what's first in your life, you were first in Jesus and he calls to be first in you, right? So if you battle with those things, you could come forward. We have elders who come pray with you. If you want to call them up, that works, works as well. If you haven't given your life to him in baptism, that's the call of him, the wake up in you, that I've gone from death to life, that Jesus laid down his life for us so that we could be his and we down our, lay down our lives. They give them back. And he comes to work and move in us. He gives us life. Whatever your desire, let's make him over everything. He takes precedence in us today. Why don't you come as we stand and sing? The joy of the Lord will be my strength. I will not falter. I will not faint. The joy of the Lord is my strength.
This morning, hope you're having a wonderful uh, Sunday morning. I invite you back tonight at uh, six o'clock. We're going to be having a singing and prayer session tonight here, so come back for that. And Wednesday night as well at seven o'clock, we have classes too. So come back then. So and I want to thank uh, all the guys for serving this morning. Thank you, Zach, for leading us. And, uh, thank Jamie for his lesson this morning. I was thinking he's talking about stories. You know, like I think our favorite stories are. Jesus stories, whether it's coming from him or about him, I think those are, the, those are our best stories. So thank you, Jamie, for a wonderful lesson. Also, if somebody could go get the kids and bring them back out here, we're going to have our uh, Veterans Day uh, tribute in a little bit, so we like for the kids to be a part of that too. So if someone wants to do that, there's a volunteer right there. <laughs> All right, so hopefully you received a bulletin. I'll highlight a few things here. Uh, on our prayer concerns, uh, if you don't know, Travis Gimp had a fall from a tree stand this week, and he fractured several uh, vertebrae. And if I understand correctly, he did not have to have surgery. He's wearing a back brace for several weeks, and they're hoping that that will be what he needs to have done. So we'll, we'll continue to pray for Travis. So that, is, that is something that will work for him. And so keep him and his family in your prayers. Uh, Wayne Gamp is home. He's going through uh, rehab at, at his house. And so continue to pray for Wayne and Irma Lee. And Pam Creel did not have to have surgery. She's being treated with antibiotics, and she's home now. So continue to pray for Pam uh, as well. And for Steve Williams, Steve has been uh, sick for a long time now. He's, uh, he was in the hospital and with pneumonia, and he's home now, but he's still struggling with that. So uh, if you would, please keep Steve in your prayers too. And all those folks that are on our, our prayer list, remember those uh, daily in your prayers. I know that they would appreciate that. Is there any additions or corrections or anything there? Okay. Like I said, our Veterans Day tribute will be here in a few minutes. Uh, Shane Mouché is going to get up, and he's got a reading. We're going to recognize our, our uh, servicemen and women that's with us this morning, and then we have our video, and we'll have a closing prayer after that. So don't, don't rush out. Uh, Spirit Fest is next weekend, the 17th and 19th, so there's sign-up sheets on that in the back. Uh, our Thanksgiving Day service will be the 26th. We've got some guys that's going to speak for us there, so that's always a a great time there, so make sure you attend that service. Uh, Coats for Kids. There will be a meeting today after worship service in the annex for Coats for Kids. And I think there may be something done a little bit different this year with that. I might be wrong, but I think I heard that. So if you're interested in helping out with the Coats for Kids, you'll be meeting over here uh, after our closing prayer. And the Sunshine Church Directory on the back there at the Welcome Center is a little card that tells you how to do that. Set that up on your phone or any of your devices. And uh, I've got it on my phone. It's really neat. It's really, it's really good. So, and also, if you like a hard copy of that directory, there's a sign-up sheet, too. We're, we're wanting folks to sign up if you want one because we're having those uh, printed from a printing place. So we want to make sure we have the right amount for everybody. We'll probably have a few extras, but if you want a hard copy of the new directory sign up for that back there 
And Midwesterns this month is soup. We're continuing to collect soup back there. So anything else needs to be mentioned? Anything I missed? Okay, so Shane's going to have a reading for us, and then we'll have our video. So. Veterans Day is a time to honor and thank all military personnel who have served in any branch of the United States Armed Forces. Established in the wake of World War I, the original intent of the holiday was to celebrate world peace. At the 11th hour of the 11th day of the 11th month in 1918, World War I ended in the signing of the Armistice Agreement. One year later, President Woodrow Wilson signed a proclamation commemorating November 11th as Armistice Day. Each year, Americans would celebrate the end of the war to end all wars. And in 1938, it was named a national holiday. Soon after, war broke out in Europe and World War II began. Because, of, because World War I was not the war to end all wars, Lawmakers believed that veterans from World War II and the Korean War also deserved a day of remembrance. So in 1954, President Eisenhower signed a bill changing the name of Armistice Day to Veterans Day. Much has changed in the 100 years since the end of World War I and the signing of the Armistice Agreement. But through the past century, the purpose of Veterans Day has remained the same to say thank you to all the men and women who have served to protect and defend the United States of America. We are so grateful to live in a land where we're free to worship the Lord and spread his message. Freedom is never free. It always comes at a cost. The freedom we enjoy today came at a tremendous price. It was bought and paid for by our veterans, past and present, making the ultimate sacrifice for their country and fellow citizens. John 15, 13 tells us, greater love has no one than this to lay down one's life for one's friends. It was because of love that Jesus laid his life down for you at the cross, and he still loves you today more than you'll know. I hope you'll join me in remembering those who have laid down their lives for our freedom. Let's never forget the brave men and women who served the cause of freedom in the past, nor those whose service today enables us to continue to live and worship freely. May each of our veterans feel honored not just today, but every day. God bless you. And if you are with us this morning and are a veteran or an active duty, please stand and be recognized.
if you would stand with me and we'll have a word of prayer to dismiss. And thank you, Jacob, and whoever else has put that together. It was very nice. Thank you for all of our veterans here. Let's pray. Father in heaven, we thank you so much for being our God. Thank you for loving us. Lord, we thank you for your mercy and your grace. Thank you for your patience with us, Lord. Pray, Lord, that we would just learn to love you more and love each other more. Lord, we thank you for the ultimate sacrifice of buying our freedom. That was through the blood of your son, Jesus, Lord. We pray that we would always remember the gift of your son and what that means to us. Help us to share that with others, Lord. Help us to live a life of love and gratitude as we go through this world. Help us to have our priorities in line, Lord, that we would put you first, that you would be the center of our lives, Lord, and that would radiate from us as folks who want to be a part of that as well, Lord. We just thank you. Lord, thank you for the salvation that is in Christ, Lord, and we know there's nothing that we can do. We don't deserve it, Lord. There's no way that we can work it out for ourselves, Lord. There's nothing that is in us, but it's all from you, Lord. It's a gift from you, Lord. It's a grace that you've shed upon us, Lord, and we just thank you for that, and we are eternally grateful. Lord, help us to be changed people, and we ask that you would forgive us when we fall short and pick us up and help us to uh, stay focused on you, Lord. Thank you for all the answered prayers, and we ask that you would bless all those on our prayer list, ones that we mentioned here, others, Lord, that maybe we didn't, those that's lost loved ones, that you would comfort and bless them, Lord. Go with us this day, Lord. Help us enjoy this day in you, and we give thanks and we praise you in Jesus' name. Amen. I know.